Bubbler Talk, quenching Milwaukee's thirst for knowledge. This is WUWM's Mayan Silver. At the corner of Farwell and North in Milwaukee today, you can get a cappuccino. Or a variety of foods and drinks from about nine micro restaurants at the Crossroads Collective Food Hall. But time travel back to that east side corner starting nearly a century ago until 1995, and you'd catch a whole different vibe. The spot was Oriental Drugs, the subject of this week's Bubbler Talk. It was a diner, a drugstore, and a hardware and variety store that's woven into the fabric of Milwaukee lore. There's a documentary about it, a sculpture of its lunch counter, and an entire Facebook group dedicated to sharing memories. Brooke Maroldi filmed the documentary back in the 90s and calls the spot an example of controlled chaos. Because there's there was so much movement going on. There's the counter, of course, the guys, you know, flipping burgers in the background, customers coming and going. Way in the back is the pharmacy. In between is the hardware and the grocery store. I mean, there's sections that work in this harmony, but everything's moving all the time. So I think controlled chaos is the way I would put it. Here are a few firsthand accounts of patrons describing the marvels of the place, like this woman describing what she could buy there. From your film to mailing a letter to buying a plant to getting a card for somebody's anniversary to a few screws to fix something to a shower curtain. I mean, you can get anything you want here. A main attraction was the lunch counter. People could order anything from poached eggs to chocolate malts. A post on the Oriental Drugs Facebook page describes the diner area as the star attraction. It says, quote, Along with the simple Americana food, it was a chance for the rich to rub elbows with the poor, the punk to break bread with the stodgy old lady, and for all the workers to feel like a dysfunctional but affectionate family. There were reasonable prices, too. Here's a customer in the documentary pointing out his cup of coffee. By the way, this cost me 85 cents, but I got 15 cups. <laughs> so it's cheap, you know. Price is right. If you've never set foot inside the spot, the documentary gives you a real feel for it. So nearly 27 years after it closed for good, Bubbler Talk listener Nicole Grumley wanted to know... Why does the Oriental Pharmacy hold such a special place in so many Milwaukeeans' hearts? Maroldi's documentary holds a key to the answer. Here's Julia Nelson with a friend interjecting as she got to the real allure of the place. It's just this real kind of sloppy, but good. heartwarming yeah. food. You know, it warms people's hearts to be here because they don't. there's not too many places anymore where you can have... You know, true Americana cooking. Connections with yeah. people. Connections with people. There you have it. The diner area was known for its U-shaped counters, which compelled people to sit across from or next to each other. And Claire Nelson added this in the documentary. Most places, you know, you have to have your own separate table and everything. You know, nobody wants to be near each other or talk to each other. And here you sit right next to strangers and start having conversations. It's great. It's a, it's a real mixing place. Are you talking to me? <laughs> Dave Lurson is a longtime Milwaukee film critic and contributor to WUWM. He's in the documentary, too, and says geography played a role. Milwaukee, I think, was very fortunate to have held on to a place this unique as long as it did, because there is still 
a neighborhood in this area, a neighborhood that's not reliant upon automobiles, a neighborhood where people can walk into a place like this or even take their bicycle in here and get around. Larson says it'd be hard to imagine something like oriental drugs in a suburb. He assesses there's so much space between people and suburbs that community never congeals. And the east side of Milwaukee, this neighborhood, has always been a real neighborhood. It remains one. The importance was that this was really the, the nexus, the, the, the nerve center of it. The era also made a difference, says Brooke Maroldi, the filmmaker, who now lives in Nashville, Tennessee. She notes Oriental Drugs was around before the internet was big, before cell phones. She says if it reopened today, it might not be the same. Even if you did have those kinds of counters where people are sitting next to each other or across from each other, would they be talking to each other? Or would they just be looking at their phones? As documented in Maroldi's film, large national chains like Osco opened up several pharmacies in the city in the mid-90s. That pushed Oriental Drugs and other independent pharmacies out of the market. They just couldn't compete with the wholesale prices Osco got. High Eglash served as pharmacist and Oriental Drugs owner from 1966 until it closed. Here he is in the documentary marveling at the loyalty of the customers. Uh, I, I honestly feel I'm letting them down by, by closing. I just can't express enough my appreciation to both the customers and the employees for their loyalty and their dedication. It, it's just been wonderful. And uh, I just uh, hate to break this up. Egglash is now 89 years old. He spends his winters in California with family, but just got back to Milwaukee at the beginning of April. I met him at the corner of Farwell and North, where he took a stab at answering why the East Side spot was special. Well, it was many things to, to many people. It, it was a place that, for instance, uh, on Thanksgiving, when many restaurants were closed, the Oriental was always open for a Thanksgiving dinner. I remember we used to uh, give a complimentary slice of pumpkin pie to anyone who uh, had a Thanksgiving meal here. Egler says the place just reliably had something for everyone. I remember uh, one customer telling me that on a Sunday night, his fuse blew out and he had no electricity in his home. He said every hardware store in the city was closed except for Oriental <laughs> hardware. So he, he was able to get a fuse to take home and have lights again. Eglash doesn't know of any place in Milwaukee like Oriental Drugs anymore. He says, to start, there are very few independent stores. He adds that the idea of pharmacies with lunch counters or soda fountains has faded away. We walk into the Crossroads Collective Food Hall through the revolving door. That's the first time I've been in here. And <laughs> I give Eglash the options. So, so we've got over there like a pasta bar, there's Peruvian street food, coffee shop, there's a bar. Visiting the there begs the question, there. do things just need to move on and develop, or is Eglash sad that the Oriental Drugs doesn't exist anymore? The answer is both. <laughs> it certainly uh, doesn't resemble at all like what I remember, but uh, I think they've done a wonderful job here as far as uh, 
making it the uh, food court. I, I think it's great. But Eglash admits he misses what once was. Well, uh, I am sad, really, that uh, I, I, I think that if Oriental Drugs would still be here, I think it would probably still be a popular place. He recalls people meeting at the lunch counter, eventually going on dates and then getting married and having kids. He remembers working during heavy snowstorms. Where people would actually ski up to the pharmacy and leave their skis and then come in to to, uh, eat. Eglash is holding on to his fond memories of things like that, like a good number of other people in Milwaukee. Ma'ayan Silver, 89.7 WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR. What have you always wanted to know about the Milwaukee area? Visit wuwm.com slash bubbler talk to submit your question.